0: Hello, Malcolm here, and welcome to the first of two classes called Let the Wise Listen and Add to Their Learning. That's from Proverbs chapter 1, verse 5. Part of being a Christian is about adding to our learning, and to do that, we need to learn how to listen. And perhaps nowhere more significantly do we need to learn how to listen in the area of understanding race and difference. And so we've got these two classes on the Christian response to racism. They're both interviews that I'm conducting. And the first is an interview with Tony Cameron. Tony Cameron's an old friend, uh, a a long-standing member of our sister congregation in East London. And he and I have a conversation about what's called the Squad Group. What's the Squad Group? Well, if you don't know, you'll have to listen to find out as he talks about how that congregation in East London has has taken on the challenge of understanding how to listen to one another in the area of difference and in particular race. I think you'll find it very inspiring. Now I must say this at the beginning here, you're listening to two middle-aged white men talk about race and clearly there are limitations to our understanding but, but I think part of the point is it's partly about the two of us wrestling with this issue of how do we, as people who don't have the experience of racism that so many have, how do we learn? How do we listen? And as we talk together, I think we both learned a bit more and in particular, I felt I learned a lot from what Tony had to share. So I hope you find it a blessing. Without further ado, here is my conversation with Tony Cameron. And I remember talking to Andy Zillow around the time the squad group was set up and I talked yep. to Mike D'Souza about it and Jack Meisinger and Jack Legon and a few others. And I thought, well, it's been a while you've been operating, doing this this group. So I I thought it might be helpful for me and for us to hear what's been going on, what you've been learning and see if any of that is applicable or useful in our context. Um, So I wonder whether for the benefit of people who don't know what a squad group is, could you start by explaining what that is and what you've done, you know, what that is in the East?
1: Yeah, sure, I can do. So S-C-U-A-D stands for social, cultural, unity, and diversity. Right. I think I got that right. I think so, that sounds right. It's uh, something that's come over from the US and it was Andy, Andy Azilo, as you said, who uh, kind of discovered this um, in, in, in respect to the East, uh, East of London. I don't think any of us were aware that such groups existed, because those of us who've ended up in the squad, which is th- 13 people, 13 members of the church of the East Church, uh, were not not really involved, probably internationally or certainly with the US. So, as you as you mentioned it, so Andy was kind of driving our response to racism last year, uh, but it was not something he wanted to pursue personally. But um, from he had discussions with people in the US and they said, look, SQUAD is a group that uh, has been going for several years in some of the US churches. One is to uh, inform the church leadership. I guess like Acts 6, um, with, the, you know, with the feeding there of the different groups. So squad is like um, a support that's supposed to feed into the East leadership. Um, so the other side of that is that squad therefore needs to be an ear that's listening to the, to the members. And in particular, on those, on social, cultural, unity, diversity, those kind of four areas. So we we came in. Uh, and, and really, this has been 99% driven by race, right? That that was that was the driving impetus to set up the group, but it, that won't always be the way. The idea is that we should look at uh, anything to do with diversity and social, cultural, community issues, and to, I don't think really we've got very far beyond race right now, and that's okay, but. Because of the strength of feeling and the, uh, yeah, I think the strength of feeling about race in the East church and because it's a certainly a very uh, racially diverse group, it's, it's right and fair to spend proportionately a long time on it. That, that's one thing. And because it's all new, like you say, we've not done this before. Mm. Uh, the group is a new group. There's no, we don't know how to work together. We're also learning how to work. And if you like, the prototype is how we deal with race. We can then move on to looking at other things after that. Listening to the church and feeding into the leadership. The project we are doing now, basically we took it to these leadership in December and said, here's what we wanna do, what do you think?
0: Yeah, so you're not exactly trying to fix it. You're trying to come up with, we try to listen And then what you're looking for threads, I suppose, and drawing that together to find something that would benefit the threads of whatever the needs are.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good way of saying it. Yeah. So we listen. Maybe we'll hear various things. We'll bring them together. We'll say, okay, let's uh, we can be reporting that back to his leadership. But in the meantime, we can think, okay, so let's take this thread here. What could we do with it? And then we give, we'd say to these leadership, look, here's something we can do in with the congregation.
0: What do you think? I think this is fascinating. I'm really interested in this.
1: <laughs> right. So I think it's good to re- remember we're 13 people, and the way the squad is organised, it's into a core group of seven, and then the, the rate the larger group of 13. Um, in the end, it, it's quite blurry. The the di- distinction It's not a big distinction if anything, it's a practical distinction that it's very difficult to have 13 people in a meeting okay. doing something. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so that's kind of a practical thing. Um, it's secondly quite a flat group if you think about the organisational structure, right? And, okay. and our future. This is not a group where there's a guy in the middle. Now, Mike D'Souza is in our group. He doesn't sit in the middle saying this is the way. It's very much now going into a much more 13 voices every voice is valid let's hear from the voices so that's new for us and it's mixed men women so we're working figuring out how to work so in response to um george floyd and racism we decided i think we we came to an an agreement that having listening to talks was good But the key problem or the key uh, need was to be able to talk. Now, there's nothing stopping two Christians talking. But as we realize, one of the big issues about racism is that, and I'll just use, um, if it's okay with you, I'll use uh, blacks and whites as my terminology. For the the purposes of I mean, that's not, it's just a generalization, but just so I don't keep saying lots of terms generally blacks who've suffered the impact of racism can talk with each other but they can't talk to whites and why is that and that's quite complex so there's nothing stopping two people talking but it doesn't happen so th- what we felt was we could our, our project therefore would be to create a series of work work, uh, work a series of group sessions where a small group of, let's say, six racially diverse Christians, they work through a, book, a workbook together. Hmm. And, and they read a chapter, they meet as a group, they discuss that chapter. That's a little bit like a book club. Hmm. Um, hmm. But the there's a real goal to this, which is to create unity. And the goal is that you are then able to have People from different racial backgrounds talking about the same subject in the safe environment, which of course is the big, big buzz kind of buzz expression, isn't it? How do you create a safe environment? So that project is is what we're working on. And we decided that an alternative would have been we just buy a book and work through a book. So there are a few books. There is a there's a book written by a British pastor. Called Ben Lindsay. uh, um, We need to talk about race. I've read that. You've read it.
0: Yeah.
1: So and that includes questions. So that was a that we discussed that as a possible way. We felt that firstly it was too long, and secondly, that it's more powerful and and real if it's if it's us that has created the workbook. Hmm. For that reason, we we are. Even though we started that project um, at the end of November, we won't deliver it until the second week in July. Okay. And again, that was a conscious decision. With the, it wouldn't be one or two people who would go away and write this. It would be all 13. So all 13 people are writing the same workbook, reviewing it, and blah, 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 implementing it, and all this kind of stuff. Um, so that that's that's why we've not really had any opportunity to look at anything else. On the other hand, we we really believe that this is a much deeper and stronger response because it's giving you a tool which then we can work through as a congregation in the latter in the second half of of uh, 2021.
0: That's that's the plan. anyway. Uh, I like the sound of that. I'd love to see what that looks like when it's finished. So. Andy Boachie is a reviewer,
1: as is Obi. So they're they're going to be reviewers of the draft versions before it it, uh, goes live. And Obi is also an advisor on how you facilitate such groups, because I think that's uh, this is going to be very challenging. To talk about race uh, is very emotional and difficult. And, And we can talk about what that means. I can say about what that has meant for me, but... It is a difficult and emotional uh, subject. So the way we run those workshops is key. Yeah yeah.
0: yeah. yeah, you need some people with skills in that area. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Initially, it, we thought it would be a racial healing. It would
1: be a right, about healing. Then on reflection, we thought, wow, that's, that's probably a little bit ambitious, right? You, I think and I, it was my wife really that pointed out you know what, the ma- the, the first level is to, to establish some kind of unity, that's the first thing we don't actually have, if we can create an environment where you can talk about race, that would be a, ba- a massive thing across races because it doesn't actually happen right now and, uh, and we can talk about why that is
0: What got you into it, Tony? I mean, you know uh, there's the East is, what, 190-odd people or more? Uh, there's a lot of people that could be in this 13-member yep. group, right? So what was it that drove you or, or drew you into it? Um, I realized after,
1: so after the George, if I go from George Floyd, that's where, at that point, uh, when that happened, I thought, why are people reacting so strongly in, in our East congregation? I don't understand it um then I, one of the things that was one of the reactions seemed to be that our leadership response was inadequate mm-hmm. and again to me it it seemed adequate but to, uh, to people of color blacks it did not seem adequate so i i felt i'm really ignorant um so then I joined some of the conversations, some of the classes, like Andy did over the last summer. Yeah, Andy actually those yeah. Ones. yeah I was on, on those. And I recall how when there was a chat afterwards, I didn't feel like contributing. And why was that? Why was I so nervous and insecure? So I felt I'm really, um, I can't participate in discussions. That's not right. So I'm not only am I ignorant, I'm also uh, not helping. Um, so I did a lot of reading, and um, by the time Andy had come up with the squad, I, I'd already really put myself in that space uh, for my own, uh, my own um, research, and I'd read some various works, and one of them, which is called The Racial Healing Handbook, which is not a, it's not a Christian book by any means, but it was extremely helpful. Um, when, I, when I saw that and I read that and I realized that in a sense, um, you can grow, a white person can grow it, they can go through stages and actually anybody can, Any, any and it's not written just for white people, it's for anybody. And that actually this, these are uh, psychological models that have been around for 30 or 40 years. I thought, okay, there's really something that, that can be done here uh, for me and people like me to um, to grow and learn and be able to talk about race in a comfortable way. So so are, that's really the reason I got involved because was was because I knew I was ignorant and I knew that I was not close to my black brothers and sisters uh, and I wanted to fill that gap.
0: Yeah, we start somewhere. I mean, I think that's terrific. It. I mean, I felt very similar to you, and I felt just one of the things that surprised me post George Floyd and then talking to more people about their own experiences, uh, people from very different backgrounds to my own. One of the things that surprised me or uh, surprised me and became obvious to me was that I had given myself too much credit for having become comfortable in a multicultural congregation which I never would have expected when I was growing up because I grew up in an almost completely white-dominated environment. That's just where I lived. Yeah. And, and I thought, oh, I'm in this multicultural church. I've been in this church for over 30 years. I seem to be able to get along with people from any background. So I must be doing well. And, yeah. you know, and I, I think I know enough. Obviously, yeah. I don't know everything, but I think I know enough. And then when this stuff blew up, I thought, gosh, there's so much I don't know. And I've been lazy, I think. I mean, not dis, not deliberately so, but nonetheless, yeah. lazy in, in being comfortable with what I know or think I know. And I've not been going after the conversations and ex, and exploring other people's experiences, talking to my black brothers and sisters in church or even neighbors for that matter, and and saying well, tell me more about your your yeah. experience, and it began to open up a whole world, right. um, which really was very disturbing. So, the vision that you have, or the squad group that you have, is it's morphed. Then it was maybe a oh, we can we can heal, or we can be part of that healing process for people but it's more when that and that may be still a vision i suppose but it's yeah. but it's more how can we understand and then prov- what help provide things that are going to help people to to understand and work through things the first base
1: is just communicating and talking and mm-hmm. um, as me and you me and you we've got very similar i think yeah viewpoints and experiences we've both in the, been in a multicultural church for 30 years and we think that's great and we've, we don't really, we probably don't even consider race as we're talking to people. It's just, we just, we have friends, uh, you know, and it seems organic and natural. Um, and yet we never, we never talk about race. <laughs> it's like, one of the things I really realize is for a white person like me, talking about race and being involved in race, isn't, it has to be intentional. I can, I can step away from it and that's it. But if if a person of color or black cannot, can never step away, right? There's always the lurking specter around the next corner uh, that that someone could be offensive to you. Whereas for me and you, most likely, we don't have to think about it. Our norm is is kind of what we expect to be the norm. So, and, and for that reason, I think, the first, if if possible, and we, this is voluntary, this is voluntary that to, to invite um, white brothers and sisters or brothers and sisters who've never really experienced any racism, and they could be people of color actually, um, to, to be part of a discussion is step one. And because it will necessarily be uncomfortable, that in itself is a big step. Because as, as as me and you, I'm sure we've we've we have we we realize we feel scared, we feel nervous, we feel guilty. Um, we un- we're unsure what terminology to use. We're unsure if we're responsible for this or that. We're unsure it, what, is this sin or is it not sin? Is this a it's kind, there's a lot of things flying around, right? That that yeah. are new. It's hard to get your head around. So to even start having conversations for uh, for a white person it's going to be a challenge in itself but like you said uh, you know the vision about healing is still a vision and and I do think I believe that a lot of healing will come through conversation healing as you understand yourself and so you're kind of more understanding of who you are um, but also I, my hope is that as those who, who've who've suffered under racism can talk amongst themselves amongst the church, they will also feel some sense of healing, even in the sense that they're sharing, that you know, we're sharing our burdens with one another. So that in the immediate sense, being able to talk and a and healing coming from talking is is the is the vision, uh, is the goal that I can definitely see for for this project.
0: Mm, yeah, so you see the squad group being a like an almost permanent fixture going forward.
1: Yeah, we, we definitely think it's a permanent fixture. We um, So we've got our work done really for 2021 now because putting this workbook together will take us to the beginning of the second half of the year. And then we need to be around to see implemented probably we'll end, we'll end up being the facilitators of any of the small groups that, that start because we're closest to it. Um, and then slowly we'll start to uh, gather in other ideas and see what happens next. So for the, for the moment, it's, it's quite open and we see ourselves staying in this space for a good while yet.
0: Do you see the spirit moving in this or how do you, how do you discern the best you can what God's doing in this? There's been such a, a, a unity amongst
1: the 13 who themselves have probably got links with other people about about what we need to do that it does seem to confirm that this is a initially a right way to go um, and I think the the approach that we're using of being much more collaborative being more you know we're even the way we work together we're trying to model a different way of working certainly in our in our immediate fellowship than perhaps we've done before um is is something that is a kind of response to this is the way kind of god wants the church to go to be more um more respectful more using of of the gifts and the talents i think that is these are uh sort of undercurrents that are happening in these church generally um anyway so
0: yeah i think that's that would be that would be is what lessons are there from what you've done in the East that you think could be applicable to other contexts, whether they're setting up a squad group exactly or not, Mm -hmm. but what would be, yeah, what would be some of the key things that you think are are significant for any church? Yeah. Maybe that, I think that's the question. Yeah,
1: I think that's the question, and and I was thinking about that. And you're right, it's not necessarily a squad uh, as such. I think squad was a really good fit for us, Definitely it came at the right time. Um, but I think the big thing is listening and listening to kind of voice the, the voices that you may be quick to dismiss. So I was thinking about, you know, I because I did this, right? I definitely dismissed this. I've dismissed this for years and years. Racism has been around for, <laughs> for a long time, right? Yeah. And I've not really paid much attention. I haven't paid any attention to to this. So the, and there's reasons for that probably because as I said, I don't really, it doesn't hit me in my life or anyone in my immediate family, but also there's a sense that, well, it's not my main focus is to seek and save the lost, right? So this is a distraction, right? So that's a kind of a, that can be a lingering mindset. Um, uh, certainly it, it can be for me and for some of us that are a little bit older. So it's a distraction. So ask, asking questions and trying to pursue those questions to try to listen, to see, is there something there that I need to dig deeper to, to get it out? Because how, how come I never figured this out a long time ago? How come we didn't really realize this? Why why has it been so, for so long that uh, our black brothers and sisters could feel all the feelings they have? And... and but not really be able to go anywhere, anywhere with it. So I think the lesson is about, um, asking questions and trying to listen to what the answers are and then ask another question and try to listen and not be quick to dismiss the answer as being, well, that's not important because it doesn't affect me. I think that's the big thing that I see for myself on this. So it is, it's coming back to that idea of being intentional and, um, Trying to really seek seek what's out there, especially you know if they, if these are, if there are things there that are really difficult, that are linked in with shame or guilt or fear, or or unease or just people feeling well. I guess that's not really relevant. Uh, we're not interested in that in church. But actually, they're a big part of someone's life. Then. That it's hard for them to to be honest about that and feel it's it's uh, it's real and relevant. So I guess it's something about that. It's about really asking questions and listening and and thinking. Uh, is that you know what what value is this? Is this can this be valuable? Is this part of actually should this be part of of
0: God's kingdom in a more in a more intentional way? That's a really good point. I think it's you've got you've got the the need. The need to ask the question that may not be being asked unless we ask it. So there's the, that taking initiative of asking, and then I guess there's also the the uh, growing in the for me, I'll mm-hmm. talk about me growing in the ability to um, to it, to endure the experience of the uncomfortable reply
1: yeah.
0: without yeah. reacting and inquire further tell me more that in so many areas of life actually or, or deeper relationships that tell me more question is so key yeah A, and i think too much of my life i've listened enough to where i think okay you've told me enough of what i feel i need to know that so i'm i'm the one setting the barrier there or the yeah, the, the, yeah. The, the the limits yeah, yeah. rather than well, how about you tell me everything you want me to know? Mm. Mm. Uh, and that's where it gets really uncomfortable. And that's a, that's a faith thing because it takes faith courage to be able to do that mm. and tolerate the discomfort enough to be able to really hear. And, and well, not just to hear, but so that the person we're talking with feels heard. Yeah. believes they've been heard. And that's yeah. the only ultimate um, correct way to gauge the value of a conversation to somebody is whether they have been heard rather than I feel I've heard enough. Mm, yeah, no, you really might. Yeah. It's costly. Yeah. It's costly and it takes time. Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah, it takes time. Yeah, we can't be too busy to, yeah. to do this. No, that's, that's really right. And I think, like what you're saying, it's got to be uncomfortable. It will be uncomfortable. And we will react. We're asking these questions and, and being willing to say, okay, even though I've reached my limit, let me keep asking because they, they need to reach their limit first. Yeah, yeah I agree. Really? Yeah, that's right.
0: Tony, um, is there anything we've missed out? Anything else you'd like to make sure that we... You know, talk about or or that you think significant in this whole area at the moment.
1: No, I think I think that's uh, I think you've asked all the good questions, Malcolm. That's uh probably I
0: doubt it. <laughs> moment anyway.
1: Watch this space, see how it goes. I mean this is all new for us. We don't really know how what's gonna happen. It's very much in faith this project we have and and what will happen in the second part of the year. But um yeah, it's gonna go through several, I think, revisions, iterations before we reach the, the fruit of the, the benefits that we're hoping to see. Um, but I do think this is this is a much a deeper and more, more long-standing and kind of more worthwhile way of, of getting people together to talk consistently and consistently um, certainly, for the moment, in this, in when it comes to race.
0: Well, we'll talk again. I mean, I'd love to know how this all shakes down with this booklet idea and how that works. So maybe we can talk later in the summer or or the early yeah. autumn or something and catch up with that. Yeah. Okay, Martin. Thanks very much. I really appreciate this. Thanks a lot. It's been great to see you again. And, and you. Hopefully, it's not too long again. Till next yeah. time. Thanks, and bye. All right, God bless. Bye bye. Well, I thoroughly enjoyed my conversation with Tony. I hope you found it useful. If you have any questions or thoughts, do drop me a line. You can email me, malcolm at malcolmcox.org. You can find me on my website. Our next interview is with Jack and Sarah Meisinger. And I think you'll find that fascinating. That's with a couple. And that comes out in two weeks time. Till then, I hope you have a wonderful week. And let's keep listening. It's the only way we're going to learn. Take care and God bless.